All right, time for another concast. Uh, we had some great plans lined up for today, and hopefully we can still get to them, but right now we can't because we got hung out to dry. Oh. Not for the first time, and most certainly not for the last time. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> with me right now, and this is subject to change based on anything <laughs> else that might happen today, uh, we've got Tittles and Laz, and with us hey. again is Jav. I don't even know how I got here. I meant to open up something else, and it just opened up this, and now I'm this call on accident. I would imagine that your shortcut is labeled... Yeah, everything is labeled as play chess. Yeah, it still is. (laughs) It's chess, it's different every time. It's like a whole new game. (laughs) Well, speaking of whole new games... (laughs) Are you playing something new, Jav? Um, well, I mean, I was going to, and then they were all like, no, we're going to put back the release date for another month. So, for the moment, the only thing I'm really playing is... uh, Dust and Elysian Tale. I've had my eye on that for a while now. That that game looks great. How do you think? Oh man! So just in terms of like visuals, it's probably one of the most beautiful looking games I've played. Period. And that's that's saying a bit, but um, it's a lot of fun. It's a hardcore platformer. Just tons of combat, tons of jumping and puzzles and jumping and more jumping, and uh, it's great. I love the this, hell out of it. This sounds like something I want. Yeah, no, you... it, it, it's amazing. It's um the it was just one dude did all of the coding and all of the art for it, and the art is incredibly detailed. Yeah, every it... image I've seen of it is gorgeous. Nice. Oh, this is ringing a bell to me now. I remember hearing about this when it first uh, came out. Yeah, there was it... like a Kickstarter for it for a while yeah. too. Well, we're not talking about Kickstarter anymore because <laughs> nobody seemed to like that topic. So we're, we're only talking about it if we put fat chocobo music behind it. <laughs> I would have liked it, but then you guys are like, "No, Jeff, we don't need you this week." Yeah, so Elysian uh, Tale like, looks awesome. I I don't own it yet, but it is exactly sure. the kind of thing that I will jump on fast if I see it just, on a Steam sale for like fifty percent off or more. That's so when I, I actually picked it up like two weeks ago, and I just didn't start right. playing until this week. So apparently, um, their official website is over its bandwidth limit right now, so I can't look at it and reacclimate myself to what I'd heard about it. So yay! That's the strength of my well recommendation. Played. Yeah, we haven't even, heard we, we haven't even stopped yet. recording this yet, and people Man. are downloading the game on mass. Um, what game was it that got pushed back that you were going to play and now aren't, Jeff? Uh, Shadow Run Returns. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Right. Interesting. I'm a sucker for Another that Kickstarter game. thing. Yeah. yeah. See, I, I would have had tons to talk about last week, but <laughs> <laughs> we don't want Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he's gross. Um, yeah, but oh, yeah, that also looks gross. great. That's, Maybe that's... we should just do. Uh, we should do um, two podcasts simultaneously with four people in each. We get. We start, we're getting close to having uh, people to do that. Once uh, DP's back in the loop, yeah, which will probably be never at this point. <laughs> For anybody missing DP, not only did he not have internet because he was moving back to the U.S., now he's living in a place where his landlord won't give him internet. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, you tell him, Kay. Uh, and, uh, I'm going to transition to what I'm playing right now because out of I a strange, out of a strange coincidence, the uh, 
composer for Dustin Elysian Tale did the soundtrack to the game I'm playing now as well. I am playing Penny Arcades on the Rain Slick Precipice of Darkness 4 by Z-Boyd Games. Ooh. I thought you were going to finish that. No. Well, I, I did, <laughs> but I'm playing it again, and I'm playing 3 again to go into 4, and uh, I'm trying to use different um, units this time around. It's uh, Rain Slick 4 is awesome. I, uh, the, the studio that did it, Z-Boyd Games, is my favorite indie studio, and they made a really, really entertaining old-school RPG. That's, that's all I got. I picked up the uh, three and four pack when it was on sale. I don't. Uh, I haven't tried. It's good investment. I have no idea if they like require prior play of any of them, but uh, it it, it helps. Um. Uh. Well. Anyway, you. I guess you do. Uh, it helps to play the first two, but it's more important that you just have a working knowledge of like penny arcade things, so you can get some of the references. Yeah, but it's um they're they're good art they're awesome RPGs. The battle system's kind of like Grandia, where everyone's uh, action meter is sort of shared, and you can attack people while they're charging, while they're sort of casting their spells or whatever to knock them down the meter and and force them to take another turn. It it it's kind of like a Persona or Megami Tensei game because you have to recruit monsters and you switch them in and out like uh like the main character of a Persona, but um you equip the trainers to them to have them level up in certain ways and change their skill sets around it's and uh it's the variety's huge my final party ended up having a vending machine and cthulhu in it yeah it's awesome the vending machine uh can use items by with mp instead of wasting items and uh cthulhu just tentacles everything it's man this is a good game it's <laughs> worth definitely worth playing and uh, uh four yeah. is Four is a little better than three, but you really need to play three to set up four because of the events at the end of three. Okay, that's all. Oh, and the, cool. but the 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 composer that did Dust and uh, and Rain Slick Four is a uh, I think they're they're either in Ireland or the UK, but they're a, a group called Hyperduck Soundworks, and their uh, music. Oh yeah, I know them. Yeah, their um, music is excellent. Josh, do you know what else they did? That you monkey? know? Is um, it monkey? No. Um, what's the? I've forgotten the name of it. Wow, that was a great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm prepared for this. Nailed it. Yeah, and actually, so I just hard. um, they're selling the soundtrack for Rain Slick Four right now on Zero a louder gear. on a louder account, and if you spend more than fifteen bucks, then you get the Dust soundtrack as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I I I am doing that right now. Did you say Zero Gear? I did say Zero Gear. Nice. I remember Zero Gear that one yeah, time. Yeah, Zero Gear. We should play Zero Gear. Let's do it right now. Yeah. Bye, guys. Yeah. Thanks. All right, podcast <laughs> over. What's Life's the Zero well, Gear? Well, no, we said before we could um, we could do a, a gaming podcast at some point. Well, we're, and... obviously, we're doing a gaming podcast, but you know what I mean. <laughs> That's you know what I mean. A gaming podcast where we're playing games while talking about games. God oh, damn. Exactly. <laughs> So, are you playing anything, Tittles? Uh, no. Next. <laughs> Yay! I love it when these things go short. Uh, <laughs> I've actually been trying to steal the iPad more often so I can play more Final Fantasy Tactics. And, uh, hmm. yeah, that's it. It's. Uh... Oh, I do have some exciting news for you. I just accidentally pulled apart a USB Bluetooth adapter instead of pulling it out of the USB slot. So, that's good. Neat. It's- 
It's the presence of Ollie in chat is infecting me. <laughs> Actually, Ollie pinged out of chat a few minutes ago. So. Of course he did. Uh, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, my Father's Day treat to myself was that I actually sat down and put uh, Final Fantasy XIII 2 into my Xbox for the very first time. Yeah. So? Well, I got seven minutes in or so. Didn't make it to a save point. So, so you got a seizure. Starting over again. Well, I mean, that game really just kind of like drops the bomb immediately. Because as soon as the game loads, you're playing as lightning. You're riding Odin in horse mode. And you are outrunning a Bahamut. And you're fighting it from horseback around this city that is falling apart around you. And it's just like, okay, everything happens at once. Which, I guess, you know, if it's going to be a time travel game, you got to pack all that in before you jump to some other era. I don't know, but... Uh, it's bigger on the inside. I, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> you know, it was just extremely hyperkinetic, like Final Fantasy thirteen to the very next level. And uh, hopefully that continues when I actually get a chance to play it again, which will probably be three months from now. I still haven't played it, and uh, if 13 was any indication, I probably won't. <laughs> I still ought to play the first one. It's on my shelf, I just haven't opened the box. No, you, yeah, that, you, was, that was kind of my thing, too. Yeah, the, we're only allowed to have one person in the concast who is in any way down on FF13. That, that's the rule. <laughs> but you can have multiple me. that are down with FF13. Yeah, it's got to be three against one. You know. Okay. Well, again, uh, we had a topic ready to go today that uh, goes in with the news that I posted earlier today, and today is, you know, a day that I don't actually remember what day it is. Oh, it's the 19th of June. That's right. So, um, if you but are on It's not con, when you'll... you're listening to this, by the way, though, is it? No, because... You're listening to as this it... in the future. As it turns out, it's really hard to edit an hour-long podcast within the span of ten minutes. It's absolutely crazy. Um... But we are hooking up with a uh, group of speed gamers called The Speed Gamers to uh, promote a Final Fantasy speedrunning marathon that's happening next week. Uh, we were going to have a very special guest in with us to talk about that today. Now we're kind of not. So we're going to talk about E3 for I should the entire know. show! I should Yay. know that this is the first time in history a speedrunner has let us down. <laughs> oh. Oh, come on, man. Uh, no one's going to get that. It is! It is! <laughs> it legitimately is! Woo! It's true! <laughs> Next. So anyway, yeah. Uh, E3 was last week at the time we're recording this. It'll be about two weeks old by the time that um, you guys actually hear this. So let's talk about it. E3 is in the books. It was a pretty smoking hot E3 this year, I think. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, obviously, Squeenix is not the biggest news, but given that this is the Caves of Narsh podcast, uh, why don't we kick it off talking about Squeenix? And what a show they had. Man. I haven't been that excited about a Squeenix like, press conference in I don't know how long, and they started strong. I mean, uh, the whole... I mean, let's just go on to Final Fantasy, right? Like, that's what everyone wants to hear about. It's a lot of people, including our very own Josh, predicted that Versus would turn into 15. And yeah. then there it is, and it's got Secret of Mana skill rings, and 
and you run up a building and and beat up a behemoth with a hammer. It's I mean that's a game. Wow. How good did that just the like, gameplay look? Because that combat system looked insane. Yeah, yeah no, this is the thing. I, I wasn't supposed to. I wasn't supposed to be here for this one at all. So preparation zero. I haven't watched any of this, but what I've, from what I've heard, it sounds like my main complaint about Final Fantasy, which is it's just a sequence of moving around menus and pressing the A button, might be, they might be slightly addressing that, we think? Yeah, it, it looks no, like it, it. it. It looks action-oriented, and from what I could tell, your main character uh, was, was moving around the field with his enemies and allies around him to switch weapons you could bring up a sort of active menu that was a you know faded out circle of weapons surrounding him, like a secret of mana uh, spell menu or something. And you would and he could switch weapons on the fly. If he was attacked from behind and his buddy was nearby, your buddy will would save you from that attack. It, it looked like it was definitely sort of a party of characters fighting, but it was a lot more action oriented than any other Final Fantasy game. Yeah, it looked like the party members were operating independently of what you were doing with the main character, which I kind of like. But they would, sort, they would sort of step in you. to help. They would sort of step in to help you, or yeah, 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 or high five you. You know, whichever. So uh, are we that. thinking uh, somewhere between Final Fantasy and Mass Effect style mechanics, perhaps? Uh, uh no, not really. I mean, I not... think it's closer to Crisis Core, personally, which I know you haven't played. Oh, I also so that haven't played that. Yeah. What I mean in the fact that you've got a squad, but you're not directly controlling the squad necessarily, but they're helping you out, and you can potentially direct them to do certain things. Maybe I would say I would say it's more like Dragon Age, just because of the, you know, like the uh, positioning seems to be really important, and it's not really you. Uh, it's not really a first person or over the shoulder view. It's more like a full character walking around view. Yeah. So it's like okay. playing Dra- it's like playing Dragon Age, but in the the console way and not the top-down PC way. Well, I imagine they're probably going to use some kind of um, like if-then like guidelines for their AI, like they kind of had with Twelve, where it was like, do this if your character falls under X health or whatever, and your teammates will just follow those criteria, and then in the meantime, just follow whatever parameters you said, like kill things or heal things or heal the things dead. Well, you know, in, in that regard, it's actually not completely dissimilar from what you can do in Final Fantasy Tactics, even. So, yeah. That, well, Dra- that's optional there, of course. Dragon Age and, um, and the old Bioware games it was based on in the Baldur's Gate series had a, you know, a similar principle of uh, allowing you to do AI scripts. Now, the Dragon Age system for in Origins was pretty nice, I thought. Yeah, it was great. And if it's anything like that, then I'm very excited to see what they're doing. We don't have any evidence of uh, an AI, of AI scripts or gambits being in this game, but it makes sense because from yeah, the, uh, yeah, from the uh, trailer, you were obviously only controlling one character sort of actively. Mm. But there, you could do some crazy things. Like there's, uh, you were teleporting around a lot, and for a while you were able to teleport to the side of a building and fight an enemy while standing vertically on the building. Yeah, it looked and, like and there was, was a bunch of people coming down the building, and you were just like using your sword to climb it. Yeah, and there was a uh, another sequence where I think your ally knocked a sword out of a out of an enemy's hand. It was one of those iron giant enemies that you see in recent ones with the sort of uh, with the you know window like the smaller legs and huge torso. And you you could knock the big sword out of its hand and then pick it up and like cut the iron giant in half with his own sword. And yeah, I like th- yeah it. it 
it looked awesome, but I don't know how it's implemented or what kind of system is in place there. I suppose we. It sounds like they showed off some kind of demonstrations, but we don't know for sure exactly how any of it's going to work. I mean, it's looks cool, but I suppose we have to reserve judgment on gameplay until we kind of know a little more about what it entails. Well, we yeah. do have ga- we have, do have Gamescom in another month or two, and uh, Tokyo Game Show in about three months. Yeah, so I, I sure think we'll we see could more see more there. at TGS, probably not as much at Gamescom, I wouldn't guess, but we'll see. I imagine that Gamescom will probably just get another trailer or something. Yeah. I, the thing, you know, I know that they have come out and said the opposite since this trailer came out, but it really does feel like they're just going further and further away from ATB, which, you know... It's well known that I really liked Final Fantasy XIII, and that was quite a distance from the old-school ATB. But part of me is a little bit sad that, you know, we may never see a game like that again from the Final Fantasy series. I Well, I, I'm not sure if we can totally discount some kind of action meter from being present, because, uh, I mean, he wasn't sort of hacking and slashing nonstop. It was a lot of sort of, like, placement and he he was uh and i i couldn't see menu navigation but that might have been hidden somehow i i don't really know i'm not I, like i i'm seeing all of these actions taking place but i don't know uh what's what sort of systems you're manipulating to perform those actions except for that uh, equipment ring that i alluded to earlier that was you could sort of see that happening but everything well, else i'm like I, how does this go i don't i don't know at all well i know that there were interviews where they said they wanted to move the the battle system into a, a more real-time kind of affair. They wanted to get out of loading screens in and out of fights, make it less of a transition, make it more immersive into the world. Well, the and silly thing is, they already did a much better job of that with Chrono Trigger, what, getting on for 20 years ago now? 18 years ago? Yeah, but that was the dream team. They, that they is true, but... They, they know everything. And if they ever go back together, that would just, you know... Not, the, not that I'm hitting. They are never, ever, ever don't, getting back don't. together. <sighs> <laughs> what kind of laugh was that? That, <laughs> that was a man that was the, just made a Taylor Swift reference. Yeah, that was the only kind of laugh that a person who makes a Taylor Swift reference is actually allowed to use. I thought it was a sonic screwdriver. <laughs> I was going to say something and I lost my train of thought. Wait, wait there a minute while it comes back to me. Um, oh yeah, ATB. Uh, I choose choo- choose your train of thought. Look, 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 look. look. There, oh, wow, I, that's there an old will Simpsons be re- reference I'd forgotten until now. I'm sure there will be ATB based games again, even if it ends up with Square splitting off into some kind of like Nintendo have done with um, New Super Mario Brothers. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point you see an ATB game again. Either way but I am not at all sad to see the main series move on from that. Because remember, ATB as a term comes from the idea of kind of taking the existing turn-based battle system and making something more interesting out of it, which was a smart thing to be doing in, what, 1991? (laughs) Well, 94, whichever one it was first introduced with. And how long ago was that? 91. It was Final Fantasy 4. Okay. There you go. On the money. Um, but it's really way past time to be saying goodbye to that. You know, it's it's right 
that they are trying to look at modernizing the way the games play because that that to me is that's not the reason anybody liked Final Fantasy to begin with. Probably it's for a few people, but mainly what Square were good at in the 90s that people latched onto was telling a great story, great atmosphere, great plot, great soundtrack, and a really immersive game that just everybody else is doing much better now. And to have these strange menu-based, out-of-mode battles just is so archaic that it takes you away from it. Well, so, we, I, I don't think we can necessarily say they've evolved beyond it since there were, they were using a menu in the, in the trailer, which you still haven't seen. And yeah, <laughs> well, no, and, but it's it's a different. Uh, there's menus and menus, aren't there? I mean, there are menus in Mass Effect, but you'd never argue it's not a real time game. The idea of everything being driven by wait, pick an action from a menu, wait, that I think has to change. And if they're doing that, great. If they're not, they've missed the point again. I wouldn't be surprised either way. But Even we'll if see. it is gone, I'm sure it'll be back when they make Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? right? <laughs> <That's not laughs> Speaking of things course. that didn't show up at E3, <laughs> I, mean, I think we can spend zero time on that because I don't Please. think anybody with a brain really thought that that was going to show up at E3. So, moving on! <laughs> and if I just offended you, you have no brain, so deal with it. Um, has anybody nope. participating right now ever played any of the Kingdom Hearts games? All Do of them obsessively. Anything to say? All of them okay. obsessively. I kind of thought I've played, that you would I've be played the person one and to answer two. yes. I've played one and two. Okay, well, you guys can talk about Kingdom Hearts 3, I guess, because uh, <laughs> I've never played any of them. Tittles obviously has never played any of them. Hell I got no. nothing to say. I'm waiting for the obligatory LucasArts tie-in where they, like, end <laughs> up on Tatooine and it's, like, Sora, Donald, and Goofy hanging out with, like, you know, Ben Kidoe going, like, these aren't the Disney references you're looking for. Just I, I, I think you, you, you went I think there you mean, instead of Marvel. No, I think Marvel's probably because they already had a few Marvel tie-ins in the Birth by Sleep, and oh, the, I didn't know that. There was, I think, some in the like just what's it called the the new remake that they put out for the uh, PSN has Chain of, a Chain of Memories uh, recoded. Yeah, Sorry. that one. Yeah, they have some Marvel references in there. Nothing major, but some of the items that they added and some like, little, like Beast Jerry references and whatnot. So it's it's there. It's just not really being full use yet. Plus, I think oh. they're they're going to reach a wider audience going the Star Wars route. But I'm excited. I like the Kingdom Hearts a lot. I mean, it's a cute game. You don't really play it because you like the story. You play it because hey, look, Disney characters and all these other tie-ins and crossovers. Fun. They should add an ESPN crossover so I can play as Chris Berman. But yeah, the uh, no one's gonna laugh at that. But, yeah. Wow. No, I actually, it took me a second to put that together. But then I'm like, that, they could actually do that. Yeah, yeah they, they, they should have. They, they should have legally do that. They should have them commentate the Colosseum battles when you're fighting the ice. Oh Titan my god! Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I must and here one. comes Sora. Anyway, but I, I, I have fallen off whatever uh, Kingdom Hearts bandwagon I was on before because. I just kept looking at the new titles that they were introducing and how they kept expanding the universe, and it I, none of it was appealing to me at all. I, th- I thought that Kingdom Hearts was one was pretty good, and two, 
had better gameplay but sillier story and i was and i've i mean 3 isn't going to pull me back into it but it looks like there's a lot of cool things here for fans and uh i mean they finally announced the kingdom hearts 3 so that's something and yeah. also it's and it's available for the um even though i think it debuted at the sony conference it's available for the xbone and the ps4 so, so that yeah that, uh, that was pretty hilarious they, they said that it was going to be on both yeah. yeah, they, they I, said it was going to be on both, but a lot of people assumed it was PS3 because it debuted at the Sony conference. But so there was there was some confusing uh, moments the following morning. Here's the thing, though: it's not that Kingdom Hearts Final Fantasy. I mean, also has an apparent PC release going on. Um, they will neither confirm nor deny that as yet. But uh, given that they are now developing games uh, with DirectX 11, it seems like that should be a fairly low bar if they think that they can make money off of it. I don't see why they wouldn't. And you know, Square has been putting out a lot of PC titles lately, and uh, I think it's the thing they should do. I think they should cash in on that. And they re-released uh, FF7 for the PC. They're doing it for FF8 now. I don't know why they're doing it for FF8, but they're doing it. Probably because they already had the PC version for it, and it's just a yeah, matter probably. Of but you know, they're they're should, looking to make some money off there. So we should point out they re-released FF7 incredibly lazily and badly. But I mean, but one thing that, that that would probably make me much more inclined to try a new Final Fantasy was if it actually did come out on the PC. I, I'm thinking that the uh, versions of those Eidos properties that uh, had PC versions, like your Human Revolution and your Tomb Raider, I'm I'm willing to bet the PC versions did extremely well. And this is getting Square Enix thinking, you know, maybe we should uh, like, put, put some more stuff into the PC. Absolutely. And well, I think that would be the right call to make, especially like currently. I've been surprised that as someone who primarily does play games on the PC, I've been surprised at how things are sort of turning much more positive on the PC in the last couple of years. I mean, for a while, you know, it started to seem like titles were not coming out at all on the PC or they were coming out much later and the ports, sure. if you got them, were pretty awful. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I hate... It, I hate oh, go on, go on. It seems like that's turning around a bit and it was kind of a surprise with GTA 5 to find they were still having the delayed PC release because that wouldn't have surprised me at all you know when GTA 4 came out everybody was doing that if they were doing a PC release at all but now it's kind of unusual to see that a lot of the kind of big games you do just expect to be on the PC unless they're uh, platform exclusive for you know whatever other reason but yes yeah, uh, things are going alright for the PC so yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I hate to use a sort of uh, common opinion and also something that might be a bit of a lazy explanation, but Steam has a lot to do with that. Yep, Steam, oh, yeah, is, so, Steam is so huge and so mainstream that PC releases over Steam are doing better than ever. And a lot, I, mean, I hear it all the time in reviews of multi-platform games. Oh, the PC version—it looks best on PC. You can mm-hmm. optimize it for PC mods only. You can only really mod it on PC. So, you know, that old PC gaming master race is finally living up to that title. <laughs> and, now, and now Square Enix is, you know, they, they want some of those PC dollars. Absolutely. Speaking of other yeah. uh, Square Enix titles, um, I don't know if anyone else is a, or was a fan of the Thief series, but have you guys, mm-hmm. did you see anything about that? Because, oh my god. 
Uh, I heard actually lukewarm to negative things about it, but I, I, I don't have any experience. I, I didn't see a trailer. I just read some uh, E3 preview stuff. So what, do you, what do you think about it? Pretty cool. I mean, it was not a whole lot of real in-play footage. It was mostly trailer, cutscene, let's showcase some neat stuff that you probably won't really be able to do in the context of the actual game. But what I saw looked great. Um, you know, I've always been a sucker for the whole sneaking around, espionage, Metal Gear kind of game. And uh, that started with The First Thief. I loved that game, too bits i played metal gear yeah yeah that i had to get there before tittles did even though it was totally irrelevant and speaking of metal gear not so much e3 news i think we heard beforehand but um worth commenting on the uh changing voice actors perhaps that's a if you're a oh, fan of the series Kiefer that's pretty sutherland. big news <laughs> well, <a bit> in, <laughs> sutherland one 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 second i need to i'm i need to Bone up on my Metal Gear Solid Five uh, or Metal Gear Solid background a bit. Is Metal Gear Solid Five about Solid Snake or Big Boss? Big Boss. So, if it's possible, could they just if if they're just trying to separate the characters of Big Boss and Solid Snake, couldn't they have Sutherland as Big Boss and then bring back David Hayter well, as Snake for a future game? That's what a lot of what, people are speculating. Yeah, there's a Hader's lot of speculation been... that the the game will actually end at the more or less at the beginning or just before Metal Gear 1 where we're first introduced to Solid Snake yeah. uh, working for Big Boss. So does that mean that um, everybody will feel asleep? <laughs> that, that, you just Josh, today these references, I swear. <laughs> I keep for Sutherland, I mean come on, Lost Boys? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Stand by me, am I right? <laughs> Classic. That's an '80s reference, but I guess so is Lost Boys. So, yeah. yeah. How did what? What? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like dreading. Nothing. At you all. know we we've kind of been uh, we've kind of been Stupid skirting the issue a flanders. little bit. <laughs> I we have been skirting the issue a little bit, but. Uh, the amount of you know just straight up back and forth punching between Microsoft and Sony in this E3 was mo- it made it one of the most entertaining E3s that I can remember. As you really, say, back really and forth. It. Yeah, it's not back. <laughs> oh no, there there was some back. Well, there was some back and forth because um, you know obviously you know Sony took the first real punch, obviously, but then and, you and know the very na- and I'm going back to Squeenix here, you know. Like, like the games that they produce or not, Squeenix is a huge name right now. I, I thought all along that Sony was not going to be allowed to say much of anything about the key Square Enix IPs at their conference, and then they did. And that kind of blew me away because that was leading into the event that Squeenix were doing themselves the very next morning. And then they showed up at that event and they said, oh yeah, all that stuff we told you last night, still happening. But by the way, it's happening on the X-Bone, too. And if you ask me, that's a pretty big punchback. Because <laughs> that's, that's like two franchises that have been largely exclusive 
to Sony. Uh, obviously, 13 got wider distribution, but for many years, you know, Sony was where you were going for Final Fantasy. Other than uh, Birth by Sleep, Sony was where you were going for Kingdom Hearts, no, and no, suddenly no, you were going to Microsoft. Three, uh, three, five, eight over two days was was DS, and Chain of Memories was GBA. They've. I know. That's that's why I said largely. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> Jerk off. Um, <laughs> let me take this back to the point you were making a minute ago, Josh. And let, let me take that back to the point I was making earlier, which is that Square Enix, the Final Fantasy developer, is not at all the same thing as Square Enix, the publisher. And Square Enix, the publisher, has been putting multi-platform stuff out for quite a while. And anybody big like EA and Activision is doing that. If you're that big of a publisher, you can't afford to make your big IPs exclusive in that way. Particularly not when you've got this sort of well, it's known which way it's going now, but this unknown of, of which platform you're going to, you know, get behind. The, I think the, the Japanese output is a, a kind of slightly different question to, to the publisher as a whole. Now, it is kind of a surprise that perhaps that more of that, you know, raw traditional JRPG type stuff is going to come to the Xbox as well. But that's not... Given that that's what they did with the um, with Final Fantasy thirteen, it's not a massive surprise. I think they were forced into it, being taken by surprise last generation by how well Microsoft did. I think if they had a crystal ball and they could see uh, the reaction to the Xbox One now, I think they might not have made those decisions with their core properties, and they might have stuck with Sony if that gave them some some benefits, because the way it looks at the minute, you're not going to lose much by not setting it on the Xbox One. It, it, it was a big deal that the, that those two big Squeenix bombs are available on both consoles, but I, I don't think that the Xbox One was totally, you know, uh, like, overshadowed by Sony. If you if you told me, hey, I saw both conf- I saw both conferences and I liked Microsoft exclusives better than Sony's exclusives, I'd 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 sort of shrug and say okay. It um a oh, lot I mean, of the ga- a lot of the games on both sides look pretty good. Well, Microsoft and- didn't do too badly in terms of uh the exclusive side of things and in fact in terms of the raw games coming out maybe they actually did slightly better than Sony but the DRM has been such a kicker there's been such a backlash on that that nobody's interested nobody's even talking about what games they have or not all they care about is this console isn't going to work for me or at least that's the perception well, I, don't, I wouldn't say it's not going to work for me. I'd say I can't ever turn it off, and it's always watching me. <laughs> well, well, well uh, yeah. as of about a half hour ago, right. not anymore. <laughs> or if if that breaking news is true, and I'm not a hundred percent sure about it, even though it looks like it, it's the real deal. Uh, apparently, Microsoft was so stunned at the negative reaction that they are, you know, uh, backtracking the hell out of the out of those original policies. Yeah, but do you think the damage is already done? Do you think it like really makes a difference to the consumer base that listen? Yeah, yeah we're, we're well, backing out of these, it. These games are coming out in five months, <clears throat> so it, it definitely matters to some people. But I mean, there's still a lot of time left and a lot of marketing dollars to be spent before these consoles actually come out. So yeah. I, I think right now, I think the most damaging thing, if if the if this news ends up being true, which I'm sort of leaning towards, yes. 
then I think the real negative on the Xbox might be the $100 additional price and the bundled connect. Yeah. See, that's the yeah. thing. You can fix up the, uh, the DRM all you like, but you've still got to spend an awful lot more money for something that, well... It's less connect. impressive overall. I, if, if you're the sort of person that wants to have that uh, motion control yeah, it, stuff, um, then it's not quite so far off because you, Sony is not including their camera exactly. in the price. If you it's only gonna, about 50 bucks difference. If then. you were going to jump into that already, and given that Connect is, well, I haven't used either Connect or Sony's move business this generation, but my understanding is it was generally thought that Connect was kind of the slightly cooler, cleverer technology. So $50 more, maybe that's worthwhile. But the fact that it's not an option is... If I were looking... See, for me, if I were looking... The DRM, for me, is not a big bother. I can understand why it is to a lot of people, but... I'm a Steam user. All my PC games I buy on Steam, I can't trade them, I can't sell them. I'm fine with that. Partly because they're cheaper, which is something that didn't seem to be the case from what we'd heard about the Xbox One, but nevertheless... Well, it'll be in your local currency. The issue for me is, the only reason I would buy one of these consoles is if I want to play some games that I can't play on the PC. And... All things being equal, if that game is on both consoles and I have to choose one based on that, well, I'm probably not going to spend the extra money on a console which is generally thought to be technically inferior in terms of the innards for the most part, and I have to pay for some piece of crap camera that's going to sit there watching me and not doing anything useful for me and possibly just irritating me when it wants me to use it. Like, the same way they seem to have made Windows 8 keep asking you to touch things when you haven't got a touch screen, you know. <laughs> I, the Connect's going to be, like, sitting over there. Uh, There's no room for me to use a Connect. It's never going to work. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that if all this goes through, the main drivers are going to end up being exclusives and price point, and that's probably going to be just about it, because exclusives, as we've, again, seen from Squeenix, are starting to become less of a thing. Yeah. You know, each console is going to have maybe three or four big IPs that will be uh, franchisable and exclusive. And other than that, you're going to get everything on either console. And yep. the technical limitations may change the way that the games work on each one, but they're going to be pretty close regardless. Yes, but I mean, some I would say argue that some exclusives can be just about system sellers, like your Halos and or your Gears of Wars. I'm not sure if we're getting a, Gears, a, uh, a next-gen Gears. Oh, of, of course. Yeah, yeah. There but, are. You know, yep. or, or your Uncharted's or... You know, Those, I mean... I mean I think if I, I Uncharted is not nearly the monster that Halo is, but no. another thing that I, I don't <laughs> think we should really ignore is uh, that Microsoft is getting, uh, I think, a month advantage on Call of Duty content, and Call of Duty is the biggest game in the United States, and if they have any kind of Call of Duty leg up, you that's not something you should just ignore. No, uh, but... A hundred dollars well, more on the DRM. I yeah. choose to ignore it. I'm, 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 I'm playing basically devil's advocate. If anything, no, I understand. I'm, I'm almost a Sony fanboy. I mean, I thought my favorite <laughs> game of the conference was probably Infamous Three or Infamous Second Son. So, okay, there you go. There's an exclusive for you. Yeah. If you combine Infamous and Uncharted, maybe you have one Halo. <laughs> Let me maybe. ask. This. Uh, I'd, probably not. But yeah. Um, 
did PlayStation announce what their price point was for their multiplayer pass, like their equivalent for their Xbox Live? Well, no, it, it's gonna be this. It's gonna be um, place uh, PlayStation Plus, which yeah, whatever it costs you to do PlayStation Plus, which was like fifty bucks a year. Is that right? It's um, uh, that sounds right. So it's cheaper I, I think than it's Xbox Live. It's cheaper, yeah, but you so- can buy it in in packages that make it uh, that make it more expensive or less expensive. I think it's more than fifty a year. I, I, yeah, that may the, be what they launched the, it at. The quote, really... the quote I can remember from E3 was. Wait, no, you're, uh, wait, no, you're right. It is. It's five a month or fifty for a year. Yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. Boom. That's what so, I was about to say. I think that's also going to have something to do with it. Probably not like a large. It's not going to be a deal breaker for a lot of people. But when you tie it into the Connect issue and the DRM and like everything that's going so far, I think it's going to help steer things a bit more towards PlayStation. Because well, I I can speak for myself at least if anybody's interested in that. <laughs> no, not really. No, yeah, it'll speak for Josh. Well, um, they're not produ- Apple aren't making one, so you don't really have an interest in it, right? You know, you really have gone over the top with that. <laughs> I am not that big of an Apple person. FYI, you I certainly love it. Certainly wouldn't own any of their consoles if they made one because it'd probably be twice the cost of an Eggbox. Um, yeah, but think of how good it would look. No, it really wouldn't because then you'd have to buy their four thousand dollar monitor as well, and just their saying, and their one thousand dollar additional memory. I meant the console itself, <laughs> like visual. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, that, oh yeah, it'd be very pretty. If they did yeah, announce one, you would covet it and covet it and covet it, and come the day you would pay the five thousand pound asking price. You are an idiot. I think you get, like, tattooed <laughs> with the logo. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I. From where I'm sitting right now, assuming that today's news about Microsoft backing down on all of that stuff turns out to be true. The 100 bucks means a lot to me also, but the um, PlayStation Plus also means a lot to me because A, it's a little bit cheaper, but B, from what I'm hearing, you don't need PlayStation Plus to do a lot of the ancillary stuff, like if you want to do Netflix on your console, yeah, you that won't cost you extra. You know, this even is on the it's, PS4. it's only multiplayer functionality and all of the additional discounts and bonuses that it yeah. gives you. But this and is the and I will almost never use that stuff. They just give to their player base, which is such a cool thing to do. But anyway. yeah, this is the really strange thing that I couldn't understand. You had this pre-E3 conference with the Xbox that, you know, we covered it somewhat when we were talking about that, but they're making all this noise about it being a big TV box, and they're selling it for masses more than most set-top boxes, and you have to pay an extra subscription on top of whatever your Netflix and your, you know, whatever else you subscribe to is, and it seems crazy. Who's going to buy that for that? I'm going to buy a massive supercomputer with high-end video hardware and I'm only going to watch TV on it when I could do the same on something a fifth of the price. It's They're right to be looking at that market and they're right to be looking at those features as a kind of, we can do this and that, so you don't have to buy an extra one of these, but to make that a, a central selling point of these things is, is never going to work. It's Well, I mean, there's uh, still... There are advantages to what it's doing. I mean, a lot of set-top box sort of user functionality is terrible, and being able to manipulate TV things and recordings from an Xbox dashboard is actually sort of appealing. So, um, this this TV stuff appeals to some people. We are not those people for the most part, 
But there's, well, I think, it, I, I think you, I think all we can do is wait. I will say I, this, I would like, I would like something that has these functions, but I would never pay anything like that money for it. Yeah, the interface might be a bit better, but damn, the, it, the price difference is too big for it to be sold just on that basis. That's true. And also, it, guys... it may have a nicer user interface in some of the set-top boxes, but anything uh, that you tell people is a bit like Windows 8 at the minute, it's probably not going to do <laughs> a, a, any favours in the marketing department. I, can you guys see Microsoft also taking the step of reducing the price even before they go out now? Not before, uh, but I would see probably like a Christmas kind of special thing going on, kind of like what happened with the, the, with the, the Vita. It depends. I think it, would be, I, think... I think it would be too much of a step back. I think they're gonna. I don't think the prices are gonna change until next year, if then. I think it's gonna depend. It, it's gonna depend if they are. If these rumors coming out today are true, and they are gonna backtrack on the DRM, I think they're gonna wait and see how that plays out with the public. And if they're still getting a very negative rap over, you know, what's left of the price difference and a forced connect that on, then they might have to think about it. But. Yeah, I think you guys are largely on the money. It will probably come later based on how the early sales go, if anything. If they're not still reeling, even after uh, making DRM changes. It's, I mean, Sony has a head start now with this extremely positive message that they're uh, putting forth. And also, I think that's one thing that Xbox really has going against them right now. Because both um, in their pre-E3 conference and E3 their message was so confused and inconsistent. Mm. And, um, and in the days following E3, like, I mean, we're about a week after it now, it, people are still asking questions. Wait, wait a second. So how does DRM work? Can I play used games? Can I sell my games on eBay? Yep. There's so many... It, it, it's a week after E3, and people are still asking these questions. And I, uh, on one of the late night shows, I think it was... Uh, uh, it, Jimmy uh, Kimmel? It, yeah, or Jimmy yeah. Fallon? Jimmy Fallon. I think it was on Jimmy Fallon the other night. They were um had a they had a Sony rep up there. I think it might have been Mark Cerny, um saying, "Oh yeah, uh, saying when he put forth the Sony message, oh yes, you will be able to do this on the PlayStation Four. You will be able to get used games." It there was almost an undercurrent of, but you might not be able to do that on the Xbox. I I don't think there was even an undercurrent of it. I think they were trying to be as overt about it as possible. <laughs> right. See, if we had our speedrunner here tonight, I could have <laughs> po- like, popped this question because the Xbox actually just announced that they were partnering with Twitch TV. And mm. you're going to be able to stream games that you're playing live as playing them onto your Twitch TV account, which would be great for that community and would, is great for a lot of the stuff that you're seeing now with people streaming Let's Plays or competitive gaming or everything that's just going on in that online community. So um, that's a cool yeah, feature. That that was interesting, but didn't Sony announce something very similar as one of their big features yes. in February or whatever it was? I yeah, before, like Switch before then, they, they, but... they obtained a service called Gaikai late last year. That is basically, uh, I, I think it's, I, I think it's in, I think it's Chinese, but uh, yeah. it's a it's a streaming service that's very big in Asia that mm. I am, that I bet very very soon Sony's going to integrate 
or you know use Gaikai technology to integrate streaming services into the PS4. I'm I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to happen. It... it just won't have the reach and the brand naming that Twitch carries with it. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Twitch, car- Not Twitch here. carries with Americans or uh, yeah, that's, exactly. That's like in terms of it's it's very Sony to go after something for the Asian market. Yeah. And it's very Microsoft to go after something for the North American European market. Either way, I can I consider that a double positive. I'm both I I'm quite certain both of the consoles will have lots of, you know, ready-made streaming services available and that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean Twitch. Yeah, but at the same time, that just makes more irritating people out in the wild. <laughs> Twitch on. is a Twitch is a big name, but I mean, imagine a scenario where Microsoft don't backtrack on any of the DRM. The Amazon poll in which uh, 95% of respondents said the PS4 was uh, their favored option of the two uh, ends up coming to pass. And people buy this PS4 and they start streaming using the services available. I think the reality is Twitch would find they had some competition due to having backed the wrong horse more than the fact that people just wouldn't watch it because it's, you know, on a different... I know it's kind of people go to Twitch and sort of see, you know, what's what's going in and, you know, just see what's on there. But I think if people started using another service a lot because of it being, you know, thrown in there as a big thing with the console, you know, it might start to become competitive in its own right. And you may start to see... Microsoft entirely. Oh yeah, Sony. Well, that? They might just jump into well, Sony's bed, and it might be a regional thing. But you, you know, if there ended up being two of them competing, I think what you'd quickly find is you'd just have another service sitting on top that aggregates um, what's going on in both of them. <laughs> and you know, it doesn't really matter in the long run if it's a Chinese service or a Japanese service or an American service, because it's, it's, that's just not the way things work anymore. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. <laughs> you know, it's not like we're gonna be. Uh, looking for oh, where's the Twitch TV button on my PS4? It'll be like oh, how do I how do I stream something or record something from my PS4? That's the thing that would I'm, make it, a difference. It's not, it's not going to matter once both systems are in place. The thing that will make a difference, I think, is if um, I, don't, I have no experience. I only really have any experience with Twitch, but with what was it called, Gaikai? Yeah. If if the experience of actually viewing that and navigating it or of, uh, you know, storing okay. and editing videos and that sort of thing, if that ended up being substantially inferior in some way, or if they didn't have the bandwidth to cope with, you know, the new stuff that was being pushed their way, that is when I think it might end up being a uh, a problem. Um, okay, but otherwise, um, yeah, I think it would end up being a competition. All right, sorry to cut you off, Tittles, but they um, Xbox did just come forth with an announcement that, Basically, uh, an internet connection will not be required to play offline Xbox One games, and trade-in, lending, reselling gifts, and rent and rental disc-based games will be done just like they are now with the 360. So it's official now. They've they have backtracked and eaten their way to being more like the PS4. And now well, there you go. And now we gotta wait. Yeah, Two we weeks gotta ago. wait. You heard yeah, it here right. first. <laughs> One week ago. But uh, well, yeah, yeah. Whatever. But still, it's hey. If how one much of you damage guys is done? It this faster, you go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just speed it all up and put the fat chocobo music oh, on. You know what? Uh, should we talk about Nintendo's conference? Because Nintendo had a conference. Yeah. Man. Well, the, okay, they didn't have a conference, but they were there. <laughs> they they were present. Yeah, they they did a Nintendo Direct for. Everything. All they I had, know, they had games on the floor. 
I, I kind of feel like Nintendo have to go the way of Sega sooner or later unless they can pull something out of their sleeve. They still... They make really nice first-party games. There's no question of that. But they just can't get the reach out while they're insisting on putting it on their own hardware where they're demonstrably failing to, um, you know, capture the market in the way they were with the Wii. So Millions of 3DSs would like to disagree with you. Yeah, they are killing Millions the handheld. Millions of 3DSs. killing the handheld system. Millions. Earlier this year, the regular 3DS, I'm mean, sorry, the regular DS uh, surpassed the PlayStation 2 as being the best-selling video game machine of all time. So they're they're the Nintendo handhelds do pretty well. The, how old is the DS? And the handhelds are not facing competition from Sony. They're facing competition from the phones and tablets everybody has in their pocket. But they're still they're still selling yeah, they're like still crazy. And I I don't I would not uh, foresee them going the way of Sega just based on the because they're selling like gangbusters right now. It, it, well, I don't think he's saying that they are uh, necessarily going the way of Sega. I think he's saying that they could be more profitable if they did. Well, I would yeah, they'd be more fr- profitable I... if they just ditched consoles entirely and focused on handheld systems because they seem to have that on lock. <sighs> All right, I, I got to say right now, guys, on Twitter, the phrase Xbox 180 is trending, and I find that <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I love that. But anyway, um, in the, back to Nintendo at E3. They, um, they, I think they just didn't have a conference because they didn't want to waste time and money and stress on it. They just put their games out. And for the most, I mean, they had games there, but nothing that new or special. Everything was a sequel. Yeah. Wait, was this E3 2013 or 12? 13. Or or any of eleven. Them. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. To be fair, eleven they ha- they showed off the 3ds, and that was a thing. Yeah, that was a cool thing. Yeah. So because they were all like, but, "Hey, remember Ocarina of Time?" And I was like, "Yes." And they're like, "Do you want to play that in your hands?" And I was like, "Yes." And like, "Well, here's Star Fox." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, <laughs> perfect." <laughs> uh, yeah, I I get I. I mean, let me, uh, we we're still Nintendo. We do Nintendo things. Jab, how about we stop talking about E3 and just have a Persona forecast? <laughs> For, the Persona forecast you for today: for cloudy with a chance of Persona. Does that mean we're about done? It means here? we just bonded, is what it means. Oh, we've confused tittles. They're wow. talking about Persona stuff. I, I, that I guess we're not you could say we bedrun that cast. Ah, oh, that's yeah. awful. Uh, uh, looking at the clock, I would say no. Well, we did our we did our, be- <laughs> we Jab, did our, we did our best. Very we did our best to reach job. out to the truth. <laughs> Ramming ten minutes of useful information into uh, an hour and a half. Oh. Is the truth one of the baddies in Metal Gear Solid Three? No, <laughs> no, he was he was in San Andreas though. Yeah, that is true. That is no, true. Truth. So yeah, um, to wrap this up. Let me say that uh, by the time you guys hear this, uh, the Speed Gamers Final Fantasy Marathon should be just about underway. I believe it starts at 6 central time in the evening on um, June 24th, which uh, should be our target date for actually releasing this version of the podcast. So uh, come to the con homepage by then and uh, check out what they're doing and maybe throw them a couple bucks. Uh, They're doing good stuff and we're going to help them out because they like us and we like yeah, them. I like and bugs. nobody we hate is involved. So Absolutely. Go for it. They're good people. 
Yeah. yeah. Wait, are they? All right. Yes, they seem to be. Okay. I, I reserve all judgment until later. <laughs> but no. No, seriously, they... They've actually been uh, they've actually been great to work with, and I'm really looking forward to this. I think it'll be a lot of fun for everybody, and uh, I like the fact that we'll be exposing them a little bit uh, using Khan as well. Maybe. So yeah, I think all their speedrunners anyway. probably know their games well enough not to need our guides, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have asked them to uh, pimp our guides anyway. I would okay. I would love it if someone actually was using one of our guys to speedrun something. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, wait, hey, wait, 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 wait a second! You can steal and pay from this guy. <laughs> and uh, Tittles, you'll be pleased to know if you didn't see my news today that they are kicking off the speedrun of Final Fantasy VIII. So you're gonna want to stay up late that oh, night to check yeah. that out. Oh man, <laughs> Fisherman's Horizon. Somewhere DP is high fiving himself <laughs> <laughs> on library internet. <laughs> and then a bookshelf. All right, boys. Kills him. Uh, let's say good night. Good night. Night. Good night. <laughs>